For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and we made it to April. I mean, after season was cut short in March last year, this year, I've kind of been waiting until April before just sort of exhaling <laughs> and being able to appreciate it. But now that we're here, we've actually started conference play. Spring sports feel a little bit more real, which is so nice. And even though Women's History Month might be officially over now, hopefully it was just a nice reminder of how incredible women are. And we can take that momentum into the rest of the year. So thanks again for supporting women in one small way by tuning into this show. We really, really appreciate it. And reminders for more ways that you can support, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. Again, B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube and actually watch the episodes as well. So let's go through today's order. Covering our bases, we'll start things off with news and updates as usual. Then we'll head into today's interview with Kiki Stokes, one of the greatest players to come out of Nebraska, and she's still making her mark in the softball world. Super excited for you to hear that conversation. And then, as usual, we'll end things with Foul Tip of the Week, our new segment this season, where we share tips to help us get better. All right, so here we go. Covering our bases. March Madness has been awesome. I I don't know about you, but I've been changing TV channels back and forth, trying to watch everything, especially the women. They are killing it. And anytime someone asks me, you know, who's your favorite basketball team? I've always said Stanford women's basketball. I mean, clearly I'm biased, but it also helps that they went to four final fours when I was in school and Tara Vanderveer is still the GOAT. So there's that. But even though March Madness is technically done, we still have more postseason and champions to crown here. And BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And there's the college softball world. Still basking in the fun parts of conference play starting. I don't know about you. But again, it's just like the rivalries, the familiarities within the conference. There's always some twists and turns, and I love it. So just some highlights, some series splits that we saw this past weekend. And I have to obviously start with the ACC and Duke and Clemson. Two new programs within their first few years of existence, two winning streaks snapped. And, you know, we talked about the ACC landscape with last week's guest, Duke head coach Marissa Young. And she talked about how they're just right there with the top softball conferences and they want to keep pushing and keep chipping away there and just really broke down what it takes to build a brand new program like this. So I I was super hyped for this matchup and it did not disappoint. Clemson had the 17 game win streak coming into it. Duke had the 18 game win streak coming into it. They split the games two and two and ruined the streaks for each other. And I just love that kind of clash. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the ACC tournament later this year. So with the Pac-12, ASU and Washington also split their games. But it's a little bit weird because only three of those four games count towards conference standing. So technically, ASU won two of those three that count. So ASU won the series. And they would want you to know that, too, because ASU softball is savage on social media. And I kind of like it, to be honest. Like they tweeted, all bark, no bite about the Huskies when they beat them. NCAA softball posted something on Instagram about Washington's win at the end of the series and ASU softball commented like, but who won the series? Tell them who won. Like I was just entertained. You know, I didn't even have an Instagram when I was playing, but this was just entertaining. I I think it makes it fun. So thanks for that ASU. (laughs) Um, But really there's just so much talent 
that I think we'll be seeing a lot of series splits like this throughout the Power Five this year. It is so hard to beat someone every time you play them in the same weekend. But some people know how to do it. You know, we do have to bust out the broom. Stanford swept Utah in their first Pac-12 series of the year. They won all four games, the ones that counted and even the one that didn't towards conference standings. And in the SEC, Florida swept LSU. And like I said, sweep's really hard to do. I think they're going to be few and far between as the season continues on. And in these top conferences like this, it's, it's really impressive when we do see it happen. But then there's just straight up dominance. You know, Oklahoma is still undefeated 25 and 0. They have a 32 game win streak going back to even before this season. And they beat Iowa state 22 to two on Sunday, just for, for context. So clearly they're repping the big 12 well, and they could actually be in the top five programs ever if they extend their winning streak and sweep Kansas this weekend. So keep an eye out for that. But really the takeaway here with all of this is that talent is more and more dispersed throughout conferences and around the country. And you know what? It's really fun. So thank goodness for that. But there's also outside of the country, more international opportunities on the horizon. And I love this. All eyes are obviously on Tokyo and the national teams. Of course, Olympics prep is definitely in motion. For example, Team Canada is finally back together again, training in Florida. But there's some other stuff cooking in that state as well. The Florida Gulf Coast League, which, by the way, you'll remember this. We've talked about this on the show. The Summer League of College Players that we saw last year is sending a professional team to the Valencia Cup in Spain this May. So Team Canada, Team USA, and the USSA Pride opted out of the tournament just due to the COVID restrictions that are in place. So Team Florida, as they'll be known, is fielded with help from the USSA Pride and Athletes Unlimited, actually. So some past Believe in Softball guests like Morgan Howe, whose Athletes Unlimited performance got her the invite, basically. It was awesome. And Megan King, too, who you guys remember, the 2018 Women's College World Series standout and national champion. And it's really no surprise to see Megan and some other Florida State alums like Jessica Burroughs and Carson Gordon, since Jesse Warren has actually been behind a lot of the recruiting. So there's also other AU players like Alicia Ocasio, AJ Andrews, Shelby Penley, and more. The list, honestly, it goes on. But when they get there, Team Florida will play against Team Mexico, the Netherlands, the Czech Republic, and Spain, and they'll host a youth clinic in Barcelona. And you know what? I mean, I love it. Okay. As Athletes Unlimited's Sherry Kemp said in our very first episode this season, if you don't care about softball on a global scale, then you don't really care about softball. I mean, it sums it up. This opportunity has more people playing in more places, plus a chance to teach more girls around the world at a younger age. Like that's how growth happens. So honestly, it's definitely something that we should support. And Jesse Warren actually started a GoFundMe campaign to cover flight costs for the team. And they're, they're behind goal. So I donated. I highly recommend it if you can too. Any amount helps, however big or small, they'll appreciate it. So find the link in a recent tweet from Believe in Softball at B-L-E-A-V in Softball. Or for those that aren't on Twitter, if you're one of those, there's a link to it in Softball America's article about the Valencia Cup actually a couple weeks back. You can just click right on it. So let's, let's just help these ladies grow the game. And actually someone who's all about that is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She's a pro softball player with This Is Us, 2017 NPF champion, Nebraska alum, and two-time All-American, and current South Dakota State assistant coach, Kiki Stokes. Thank you for joining. I'm so glad we were finally able to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited for it. Of course. I mean, me too. I, uh, we could <laughs> compete on who's more excited, but I, I think maybe I'd win out. <laughs> this would be fun. Yeah, for sure. I do have to say too, before I forget, I don't, I don't want to forget saying this, congrats on your engagement. Thank you. I literally just took my ring off because I just got out of the shower, but I'd show <laughs> you, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's super exciting. I'm so pumped. Planning a wedding is I didn't think it would be as, I guess, time consuming, but it's kind of time consuming. But nonetheless, it's really fun. It is really fun to be able to pick your own stuff and visit all these different places. I'm excited for it. Well, I bet it's like even more time just because you're planning it during COVID and it's like way more complicated. Like mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, we're getting married next uh, next summer, so hopefully it won't be like as crazy as it is right now, but we're just keeping our fingers crossed because you just never know. <laughs> For sure. I feel like that's life these days. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed. We'll see what happens. Yep. <laughs> I have to ask too, what are the hashtags? Like what is the hashtag situation? Because you could do so much with your last name. Okay. And if you have ideas, shoot them my way. But right now it's stoked to be O'Connor. Okay. Uh, I like it. So, yeah. I I've always like been like, that would be really cool to figure out how to figure out how to like incorporate my last name and his, and his is a little bit, not longer, but just like awkward. Uh, O'Connor is like, you got the apostrophe in it and everything else. So I was like, <laughs> I got to get tricky with this, but yeah. Stoke yeah, to be yeah. O'Connor is the hashtag right now. So we're excited about it. <laughs> I love that. I like, I had to ask you because I love doing it for my friends. Like, I don't know why. It's just one of those things that I like have a lot of fun doing. And when I saw like your last name, I was like, oh my gosh, this could be so fun. And stoked, mm-hmm. stoked is like the perfect way to use yeah. it. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. I like it. So Thanks. do you know where the wedding will be? Cause um, I'm originally from um, Kansas city and Sean is originally from like the Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa area. So we okay. are going to have our wedding in Kansas city. And I mean, that's only like two hours from Des Moines. So it'll be really fun um, to have not only my family and my family's from all over the place too. And and he's got most of his family's from Iowa. So it'll be a nice little road trip for them, but it'll be fun nonetheless, because Kansas City is like growing by the day. I feel like there's so many new things that are popping up and hopefully by the end of next year, by the summer of next year, there's going to hopefully be things that people can do and whatnot and make a whole trip out of it (laughs) yeah for sure and I I knew you were from Kansas you Mm -hmm. obviously went to Nebraska you're coaching in South Dakota so you're clearly like a central part of the U.S. kind of girl yeah it makes sense Midwest is the best I I say it all the time Midwest is like I feel like home for me like anywhere doesn't really matter where but anywhere in the Midwest I'm not really an east coast west coast type of girl Hey, that's fine. I'm definitely a West Coast type of girl, but I lived on the East Coast for a while and like changing it up gives you good perspective, you know, like it makes you appreciate it even more. The Midwest is actually where I spent the least amount of time. So I'd love to to explore it a little bit more. Maybe you can give me some recommendations. I feel like you get all four seasons. So that is like the plus. I mean, you get the snow and you get the heat and that's what I think I like. I'm not like huge. Like I don't have to have a beach, but I do like hiking. So like Mm. Colorado's got the mountains and there's places that you can go hiking all over and snowboarding and skiing is always fun. So, I mean, I feel like we have just about everything, everything we need minus the beach. (laughs) Yeah. See, like, that's the thing is like, I grew up with the beach 10 minutes away. So I'm like, yeah, used to that, but Mm -hmm. I like hiking too. Like I definitely like the mountains and like that sort of thing too. So Mm -hmm. I gotcha. <laughs> I guess it's whichever one you like more, whichever one you favor more. Exactly. Exactly. I like to keep it as like the beach is a vacation spot in my head. It's fair. not like a place where I want to live. So that's fair. If I want to keep it that way. I guess I got to stay in the Midwest. Totally. Well, it's probably been really easy to make like another home at South mm-hmm. Dakota State then because it's yeah. so familiar. It's, freezing. it's the tundra. It's, it's absolutely cold. I mean, today is a beautiful day. Today it's like 40 degrees, which is a good day. But uh, it snows quite a bit up here and it's always cold for the most part, but it's starting to warm up, which is nice. Uh, we're, we're turning the corner here. So in the next few weeks, I mean, it'll be nice. Summer's really, it's like perfect. So yeah, um, it's just the winter time that gets you. Well, and I, summer's so, you appreciate it so much more when you mm-hmm. do have the four seasons. That I did learn when I went on the East Coast. I was like, okay, I get it. I get yep. it now. <laughs> got to have some type of uh, change of weather because if not you'll go crazy yeah and they're like tent poles throughout the year you can kind of tell like okay it's it's spring now now it's summer now you right. know yeah right, right. that's and what i'm saying we're in that transition right now from winter to spring so it's kind of it's kind of nice for sure and you were saying like right before we we hopped on that you guys travel like all preseason because of weather too yeah. and it's kind of a grind mm-hmm Everybody in our conference, for the most part, is in the northern northern part of the U.S., I guess. Um, I would say the furthest down would be Kansas City, UMKC, um, and then Omaha. Mm-hmm. Those would be your ones that are a little further down south. But everybody else is up north, hanging out here in the snow. Yeah. Well, you went from 
playing in that kind of environment to now coaching in that environment, but at least it's familiar, like we said, yep. but how has your perspective kind of changed from going from being the player to now you're actually the coach, like helping develop these, these women? You know, it's changed a lot in a sense where I like now I'm like, there's so many things that you just see on this side of the, of the game that you didn't see when you were playing. And now being able to see those sides, I'm like, wow, I was probably really hard to coach because I was, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, there's so many things now that you, you just see and you're like, wow, like this is what it's like to be on the other side of it. And, you know, when your coaches, you know, say we didn't play well, but you in your mind, you thought you did, you, you actually know what that means now. And so I think it's been an awesome transition though, because it's so easy for me to be able to relate my playing days with, um, and I say playing days when I was, I'm still kind of playing. So it's like being able to relate to them, understanding, you know, the struggles of highs and lows and being able to relate to them. I think it really does help me, um, coach them in a sense where I'm, I, I'm patient. Like, and I understand that it takes a lot of hard work and progress and you have to just be focused on the process. And so that's probably been the easiest thing for me to be able to see is that this is all just a part of the process. And every, everything that we're doing right now is for a bigger purpose. And that's for the Summit League tournament in our case. And um, that's what we're working towards. So it's been really fun to see it on this side. And that makes sense. Like as a coach, you definitely see the bigger picture. I remember as a player kind of same, like I would get really in the weeds, you know, like you're so close to the game that you kind of overthink the little things, but sometimes right. you just need to like take that step back. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it's important too. I mean, the little things are the things that I think I notice now more than ever um, that I didn't notice when I was playing. So, yeah. and I know that they probably don't either. So now I'm like, now I just have to point it out when I see it. I'm like, Hey, you, you guys understand that this might be so minor, but it's going to pay dividends if you can pay attention to it now. So it's almost like, it's kind of fun for me because I get to catch those little moments where they might, you know, just flip over their head and I get to catch it and, you know, try to help them catch those little things a little bit faster. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, remember, I mean, as a player, I remember relating the most to people who had walked that path, right? And that's you. That's you mm -hmm. now. Like, you're right. They are able to relate to you. And, and also, like, the era of softball, because it's not that long ago. I mean, at least not compared to me. Like, when you graduated and finished college softball. So you're still kind of, like, because the game has changed so much. Like, the different, right. like, thinking back to, like, Lisa Fernandez, right? And then you, like, mm -hmm. fast forward all the way to now. It's changed a lot. And so you have, like, some, some like, a sense of what it's like now versus like a really long time ago. Right. And that's, that's the other thing is just um, the way I was coached was completely different from the way that I have to coach now. Like it's the kids are different. The generation is different. They understand things differently. They want to ask questions. They want to know why. And, you know, growing up playing, I was never, I never could ask like, why am I doing something? It was just, you did, you did it. And now that that's the way that I'm having to coach. And there's still moments where I might, I might not always have to explain myself, but again, this generation is different and being able to relate and understand and adapt with them, I think is what sets apart some coaching staffs from others. So it's, it's truly a blessing in disguise that I'm picking up coaching when I started it because it's, it's changed a lot since I started or since I was playing. Yeah. I feel like year to year, there's so many changes. Yeah. But you, you said it, like you grew up in Kansas and I'm always curious, like what the softball scene is like in other parts of the country. I'm from Southern California, which, you know, people talk about it as like this hotbed for softball, but the sport has grown so much. There's talent from all over the place. What is kind of Kansas softball like, or what was it like for you growing up? You know, growing up, it was actually, there was probably a handful of teams that we just could, would compete. Um, I mean, we traveled quite a bit um, more towards like high school years, but like growing up in it, I mean, we had our own little league and we played like on league nights and things like that. It was honestly just something that was starting to grow. There was a, a lot of people starting to play it. Um, and now more than ever, I'm like, Kansas City is like a hotspot for a lot of college coaches when they go in recruiting Kansas City has a lot of really good tournaments that a lot of people are starting to come to. And it's kind of cool to be able to see that because it's like for the longest, you know, college showcases, we had a couple of them growing up, but it was never as big as they are right now. And so that's kind of cool seeing the, the growth of it. It's just starting to take over and you're starting to see um, more diverse backgrounds in it as well. I think that's the other thing that's been really cool is more and more 
um, whether it be Hispanic or Black or Native American, you're starting to see all these different ethnicities come through the game, which I think is even more cool. No, but absolutely. I mean, that that's where growth comes in. You know, mm-hmm. it's like opening more and more doors for more and more people like that. This is just all good for the sport. And um, it is cool. Like I said, like even seeing, you know, because back in the day, it was like, especially having been on the West Coast, all about Pac-12 softball, you know, but seeing that like go more and more East and this be truly like all throughout the U.S. has been awesome. And it's yeah. just getting more and more young girls in the sport because you see so many people from all over on TV and like more of the exposure and all that stuff. It's just Absolutely. It's all, all good in the right direction in that mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. But you, I remember, like you said it earlier, you're still playing, mm-hmm. you know? And so I always wonder for, for the ones who are still playing like you, like you're playing pro, but you're also coaching. Like you have like more than one job, basically. How do you still get your reps in? Like, how do you get all of your work in while you're helping coach a team? Yeah. Um, I working out for me is, is probably the part that I'm just not so good at. I'm not even going to lie working out, like lifting and things like that. I've got to kind of make sure that I'm staying on it. And my fiance is a strength coach. So it's kind of nice having him there. And he's always like, so when are you going to pick the weight, when are you, you going to do today? <laughs> but, um, when it comes to like swinging and throwing and things like that, um, I just, I have to do that stuff on my own. That's solely for me and it's up to me if I have many reps I feel like I need to get myself ready um it's nice to have a little bit of time before we leave typically before um we go to like any type of like spring training or doing anything like that as a team I typically have about two three weeks to get myself kind of ready and for me I mean as as being a full-time coach that's kind of like my window so I will still do things outside of that window just to kind of keep me in the loop of things and keeping me fresh with things. I'll throw with the girls every now and then, or I'll swing every now and then, but really that's kind of my time frame of when I get to kind of get myself ready. And at this point I'm getting older. I'm not old by any means, but like my body is like, uh, does not react, I guess, the same way that it used to as far as, so it's, it's important for me though, that I don't like push it. Like, I got to know my limits. And I think that that's something that I really learned last year was just like, do what you need to do to feel confident and prepared and ready to go. And you leave it at that and let the rest of it take care of itself, especially because we were playing almost every day in the summer. You're going to get what you need to get to get ready, I guess. So, yeah. Well, it's it's just interesting because and this is a topic that's been brought up a lot in softball, but being a professional softball player, it's a very different experience, obviously, than being like a professional baseball player or any sort of male professional athlete. And I don't know if people fully understand the full grind that goes into it. I mean, like what you just described in terms of getting ready for a season is like nothing like (laughs) what the other people I just mentioned will do. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's taxing in a way too, because it's just like, you know, that you've got to withstand a whole summer of all these games, but you didn't get to prepare the way that other people like the men get to prepare. Like you don't get, you know, this whole, our spring training was probably like two weeks last year. So it's not <laughs> like, and if two weeks at home, so it's not like you get this, you know, big, a substantial amount of time to prepare and to get yourself ready to compete. But it's, that's just kind of like what it's always been. And, and hopefully it changes. I know with athletes unlimited that that has become one of the coolest things I think for softball to happen because it was the first time, you know, that professional athletes are being treated as such. And um, it sucks that it's taken this long, but it is what it is. And hopefully we can learn from it and just continue to move that and, and continue to grow it. Because I think, um, you know, with not having another national pro fast pitch season this summer, it's like, you know, what do you do? Um, there's, right. there's so much talent, especially in this senior class in college. You're seeing so many seniors all over the country that might not get the chance to get to play at the next level. And I think that that's what's most important is because um, there's already limited chances with it, but you want to provide that because they're so much fun to watch and they've brought so much to the game that you want to continue to see them like with their careers move on and have a career. So I'm hoping that, you know, some things come about and some, some people make some moves because I mean, we need professional softball. We, we just do. Yes. I mean, period. (laughs) Right. Like, but so are there any aspirations to maybe be a part of athletes unlimited at some point? As in this is us. 
Well, you as a player, like you, you could do both, right? Um, for me, um, athletes unlimited right now, the setup is in August and that's a little hard for me because that's like mm-hmm. the very beginning of when school starts for us. And just with being full-time, I mean, this is a priority for me. And, um, that's just the other part that kind of is a bummer about it because I absolutely would have been a part of this inaugural season, um, last year had I, you know, not been coaching, but it is what it is. And, um, I'm grateful to be here because I, again, I still think regardless of if I was with them or not, I still had a somewhat of a season and I still got to, you know, be able to, I guess, share the things that I'm learning still at this age with the girls now. And, um, so it, it, it's up and down. I mean, I feel like with it being in August, that's a long shot. I mean, I, I've got to be with my team and I, and I know that, but um, maybe it changes the format changes. I don't know. And you never know um, with this being an Olympic year and softball or the USA team is going obviously over the summer, um, Tokyo, like that's probably, I mean, softball in the summer, I don't know what that's going to look like. So this will be the first time, I mean, in a while that we've had to even, you know, think about is there going to be professional sports softball wise in the summer? That's a good point too, because look, there's just, there's still a lot of unknown, even though there are certain things that are in place, like you said, like the Olympics and, and athletes unlimited does have, you know, a time of year that they're scheduled for and all of that. But mm-hmm. hopefully, I mean, the historically you're right. Like in the past, when there has been an Olympic year that softball's in it, it, creates growth throughout the sport in other right. ways too. So hopefully that is the case, you know, yeah. again, yeah. it's been so long that we've been waiting for this. Right. And, you know, who knows, it's not necessarily guaranteed that it'll be in the next Olympics, but maybe the one after that, like when we're back in LA, I don't know, but it's just, as long as there can, those steps can continue to be made. Right. There's a chance. I think that this, I think that this season and, and being able to see so many of, I mean, even the girls that I played with this past summer that were still preparing for the Olympics and training that were on the previous organization. I mean, we, it, it's going to be so fun to see them compete this, this summer. And that's going to essentially, I feel like take over anything that the pro pro league could, because it's like, this is a national stage. They're representing USA. So I hope, I hope that they, are still full go and that that happens this summer because that's absolutely what softball needs to be able to see these little girls need to be able to see like that just because there might not be a professional league you know going on this summer that there's softball in the olympics and that's even cooler so for sure growing up what i had was like the dream team sports illustrated mm-hmm. cover you know i mean like we were all about usa softball yeah um you know as a as a dream as a goal and and it's so nice to see that representation again. Yeah. I mean, gosh. Yep, yep, yep. yep. It's going to be huge. Yes. I hope they do like a tour, a send-off tour. I know right now they're doing like little training games and things like that. But I hope they do something like a little tour because it would be so cool to like just get everybody in the softball community so excited for it. And then they go and take gold in Tokyo would be so. Totally. Yes. <laughs> and you're, you're right. I mean, I was going to ask you about it. With This Is Us, you did train with a lot of – players who are planning to do that you know there's cat and monica who've been there before but there are some other players too like Aubrey monroe this will be her first olympics all that good stuff mm-hmm. but i feel like what i saw from the this is us organization last year was that you guys were tackling a lot more than just softball <laughs> right i mean for background for the listeners you know you played for the scrap your dogs for years last summer a tweet was sent out by the gm on your behalf as players and you collectively as a group decided to leave and create your own your own organization this is us right i mean right. you know this just for background for them mm-hmm. but now that you've had some time since then what do you think the most important things are that you've learned or that have come out of that situation I think that um, our sport needs to continue growing on accepting other people's backgrounds and, and highlighting other people's backgrounds. If anything, I think that that's something that we immediately noticed was that there was just this lack of education and lack of people understanding that this game is growing and we've got to be more aware of the people that are, that are growing it. And um, if we can continue to move as a softball community to embracing each other and learning about other people's backgrounds and experiences um, that it'll make this game so much more um, fun because I feel like the softball community, it feels small sometimes because it's like everybody is all in. Everybody is talking about it and everybody is paying attention to the same things. And 
But then again, I realized how it's so much bigger than what we sometimes always see um, because there's a whole nother level to it. You add, you know, the travel ball and you add the, the little ones that are still coming up in the game. And then you add college and professional and the Olympic level. I mean, there's so many different levels to it that are all starting to be highlighted. But I think that was kind of as a organization with This Is Us, that's what we really wanted to focus on was like bringing light to that and making sure that stories are being told. And the, the younger generation has to understand that there was a generation before us that came that literally paved the way. And now that we have that torch, we've got to continue it. And we don't want that to fade. And that's what I think that we're working towards the most is for these younger generation generations to know, you know, who is Natasha Watley, who's Lisa Fernandez, who's Monica Abbott, who are all these, you know, I, I even, it's so funny because some of the girls that I coach now, they're like, who is that? Who is that? And I'm like, yeah, it's like, you don't know who this is. Like you guys, like, and that's, that's what we're working towards is to make sure that, you know, when it comes to the history of this sport and how many people have paved the way before us, um, that's, that's important to us. And I think that that's where we're, we're moving towards and we're moving towards embracing and inclusive inclusivity and just making sure that this sport is something that is not just deemed as a predominantly wide sport. And it's not just deemed as, you know, this boring sport to watch. Like this is a fun sport to watch and it's so much, much better when we embrace each other. Yes. And whoever says it's boring, by the way, clearly hasn't watched enough softball. Especially, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Especially now it's like even more fun to watch now with all these games being televised. I think it's the coolest thing. I mean, you could go anywhere. You could be at a division two school, be at a division three school anywhere softball's on tv and that's that's cool that's really cool yeah it's super cool it's like it's it's the dream and it's wild to think about like compared to before and how it is now but Mm -hmm. it's it's a good thing Mm -hmm. but with this is us i was really impressed by how quickly you guys united i mean privately obviously but even publicly like how quickly you guys got like the new uniforms like down to the little things you know like and and your areas of focus like awareness empowerment unity like all of those things came together so quickly like what were those conversations like i mean it seems like it was kind of like a no-brainer we're doing this together um i'm not even gonna lie it was a lot of tears (laughs) a lot of a lot a lot of meetings um a lot of self check-in meetings just because mentally it was, it was a draining period of time, not even gonna lie about it. I mean, that whole week trying to figure out how we were gonna pick up a ball again and how we were gonna all stay was, um, it was hard and it was challenging. But um, I think when we figured out that like we were best when we used all 18 of us, when we all used our resources, when we all asked for help, there was nothing wrong with asking for help because in that situation, we all just wanted to be able to bring light. I mean, COVID was literally at its like starting to get to the point where it was really, really bad. And we wanted to be that light and be that first team or first, I guess, sport out on the field again. And um, I think that that was something that we all had in mind. And so it was easy to just remember to stay together. I mean, I remember the Friday before we played, I told everybody, you know, we have made one of the biggest waves in a really long time when it comes to softball and we have to ride it. And there is going to be points where we feel like we are just drowning and we do not want to be a part anymore. We don't want to continue to do it, but like, this is for, this isn't for us anymore. This is for everybody after us. And we have to keep that in mind. And we just kept pushing. And by the time Saturday came, I mean, we were all very nervous. It was like, that was the first time I think I've gotten nervous about playing softball but I think it was because of how much work we had put into making it work and making it like all go smoothly. We wanted everything to go smoothly. And there were moments that it didn't, but we nonetheless were out on the field and we made a name for ourselves and we sparked such an awesome conversation in the softball community that is still being continued, which is awesome. No, but you're, you're absolutely right. A wave in terms of the entire sport, but also a wave for professional softball, which doesn't get enough love. You know, everyone's like so excited to watch the world series and watch these players. And then it's like, they end their college career and move forward and try to keep playing softball. And then it's like, there's just not a whole lot of attention or not as much as it deserves. Mm -hmm. And so this, this did that, but for something so much bigger, like it was for such a better reason, you know, Mm -hmm. that there was like attention brought to professional softball. And it was like, that the pro softball world was leading that conversation mm-hmm. within the softball community. I just think it, that that part was important too. Right. Right. 
And I think now more than ever, we're seeing like everything starting to like pay off of like us just choosing each other and standing on on our word and standing on what we all believed in. And that was each other and, and we valued each other. And so it made it made it easy walking away when we all were doing it together. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it, it really did make it five times easier because we were all like on board. Everybody, every single person in that locker room was like, all right, we're out. Like this is, we don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. And we don't know if we're ever going to pick up a ball again, but at least we did that together and we can stand on that. And in a time like now where just America is just being divided in so many different ways, it felt good that we were doing something right for each other. Well, and that's real, real moves being made really when there's like a sacrifice involved with it too, where you, you can just see how big of a, an importance it is right. When it's like, it's, it's easy to do the easy stuff, you know what I mean? But like the hard stuff, that's when it's like, wow, okay, this is the real deal. Right. Right. And I also thought it was pretty cool. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you triple pride also supported you guys. I mean, they're like your opponents, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I asked Shane I wish Knight they would have gotten this. more love. I wish they would have gotten more love through it because they were absolute rock stars. I mean, they were like, say the word, whatever you guys need, like well, we're going to help in, in the best way possible too. And we worked really closely with them and just were trying to figure out what was the best way to make all of this work for everybody because we all wanted to be there to play. Everyone was there for the right reasons. And um, I think that they were such a monumental part in how that first game happened because they were willing to do whatever because they realized that it was bigger than softball too. So it was so nice to have them on board and all of the players were like, asking us constantly, you know, what did we need? Like anything like their management and administration and same thing. Like everybody was just so on board with what we were trying to do. And that made it, that made it easy too. Cause it could have been very different. They could have been like, Oh no, like y'all just figure it out. then, you know, but they were, they were so helpful in, in the whole process. So it was, it was so nice to be able to have, you know, a group of people like that, that were also willing to step up and, and do the right thing as well. Yeah. I mean, just someone who was watching it and covering it at the time, it was, again, really impressive to see your unity within your team, but then to see that unity really transcend that into being both of you guys. And I remember I asked Shay Knighton about this when she came on the show, obviously she was on pride. I was like, what, what was that like for you guys to be able to support? Like, how are those conversations? She was like, we were just basically exactly what you just said. We were just like, yes, we're going to do this, Mm -hmm. you know, like, just tell us what to do. We want to be a part of this. Like it was a no, no hesitation. And that's so cool. I think that's so rare for that to happen. Like, I I agree with you. Like I wish they would have got more love too, because it it really was like that partnership that took this to the next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, when it's, when you talk about like people like listening, um, I remember the the very first night that it happened, they were right there. They were like, what's going on? Kind of let us hear your side of the story. And then moving forward, they were like, you know, how do you guys want to bring this to life? They still were right there, like just listening. They didn't really interfere. They didn't try to tell us what we should do, what we shouldn't do. They just were ears, all ears. And we move when you move. So it was, it was so, it was such a blessing to have them be like that. And I know that there's a lot of girls on both teams that had you know, relationships with each other, whether it was prior teammates or just really long friendships growing up playing softball through the, through the years. I mean, it's, it's cool to see. It's like, every time you play, you, you know, you know them, you might not know them, know them, but you know them just because it's like, you've played each other probably for years on end now, whether it was in college or at the professional level and everybody's just like on board. It it just feels like one big team to be honest, but you're separated at some point. So it's, it's, it was so nice to have them. I like that concept because I think it's true about softball in general. One big team, like even college softball, like that postseason feeling, I feel like, yes, it's everyone's competing, obviously. Like it's probably the most intense part of the season, right? But it is this idea of like, hey, we're all in this together. Like we're wanting to make Oklahoma City next level. Like, and that was the same thing that I saw. I saw that same energy. And that's the point. It's like, we want to keep that going long past just college, like into pro do everything that you guys did. Like mm-hmm. it would just be so great if we can keep going. Right. Right. And I know, I know, like I'm so hopeful for what this, with what this sport has already done and what it looks like right now. I know that it might not be a year from now, might not be two years from now, but something's going to happen to where 
this sport's going to to excel at the next level and it's going to be so fun to watch it all unfold and to know that like all of us will have had a hand in it because we've been pushing for the growth of it will be even it'll be even cooler to be able to see that will I be jealous absolutely (laughs) I will be so jealous when it happens because I'm like dang man I was freaking you know eat McDonald's after games and now these guys are eating lobsters and shrimps and stuff. I'm hoping that's what it ends up being like. Oh, I am already there. At least like, like I'll call games at Stanford, for example. And they have like brand new batting cages, like covered lights, bathrooms, all the stuff that we never had. Mm-hmm. We had a pretty nice locker room, I will say. But, I, but I'll look around and I'm like, gosh, I wish we would have had all this. But I remember distinctly when I was playing how the alums were like, man, I wish we would have had all this like at yeah. the time, you know, so it's like, that's going to happen. Always, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Every time you leave. I mean, even um, it was funny this weekend, we had a couple of alumni that came out to the game at Omaha and they're like, so when did they get white helmets? Like, when did they get these cool shoes? When did they get these cool travel bags? And I'm like, Guys, I hear you because when I left Nebraska, they were getting things and I'm like, where was this when I was here? I mean, it's just how it's always going to be. It's always going to get bitter, bigger and better. And that's great. Like I said, that's what it should be. Um, that's what it should be doing. Because if we stay stagnant for so long, you'd be like, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. I remember specifically getting a, or like I was still on campus doing grad school um, the year after I finished playing, like my eligibility was done my four years. And I remember them getting like customized gloves with their names and numbers on them. And like, they got yoga pants, which like, I'm definitely aging myself here, but whatever. Oh, yoga pants were not like big yet in college. Like we were just out there wearing like big old sweats, you know? And then mm-hmm. it started to become a thing with like Lululemon and all that stuff. But they had like Stanford ones and we were like, come on, man. Like literally the year after, you know, but like to your point, it's actually a great thing. Like mm-hmm. I, it's good to see that. That's yeah. the point. Like, don't we all want to leave? and and leave behind a program that is going to grow like we want to leave it better than than how we received it that's literally what we're trying to do absolutely and it's like enhance that experience too because i'm like okay yeah i didn't get to the other thing of there's like freshmen now that get to stay in like these nice suites and i'm i'm still really bitter about this one i don't think i'm gonna be able to let this one go but i'm like how awesome is it that that's their experience and that's what they get to remember nebraska by because it's it's cool. It's cool to be able to see the next people in line. And that's why I've started learning, like, just be grateful that like people are being treated, especially females are being treated in a better light and are getting the things that we've always deserved. Always is right too. That's, that's definitely correct. And I did actually read, like speaking of, you know, college playing days, I read the open letter that you wrote as a senior about like the lessons that you learned throughout your time. Do you remember what, what they were? Like, do you remember what you wrote? Um, I know I wrote something about the little things. I've always been like, that was probably my biggest, my biggest lesson that I learned from being at Nebraska was like taking care of the little things and also like learning and enjoying like the journey. I think that some people like really just go over the top I don't remember the other ones but I'm sure that they made sense at the time and I'm sure that they still do (laughs) but um I mean that changes for me now that changes for me I feel like every year I've I've been coaching now for three and a half years and I feel like every year I've changed what what matters the most and what looks different and that's I feel like growth in my own eyes because I'm starting to realize what really does have an effect on the people that I'm around every day I'm so glad you said that. I, that was going to be my next question is like, for, so first of all, yes, uh, the little things and gratitude and, and being thankful for being there, all that kind of stuff. You definitely said those. The other ones were um, no excuses, which I feel like is such a coach thing to say. So probably on brand now. Um, and then you also talked about working from the start. Like it's not just about talent. It's about like working really hard too, which I mean, all those things are, are great advice, like great thoughts. Um, but I was going to ask you, like, would you add or change anything on that list? And it sounds like, yeah, it's because we're all evolving. Yeah. I mean, I love now that you say all those, all of those are still, still true, still stand true. I mean, uh, talent, that's something that I really struggled with, but I know a lot of other people do too, that they, you know, bank on their talent and then they get to college and it's like, Oh my God, everybody's really good. I've got to compete now. How do I do that? And I mean, even with making excuses, I mean, 
there's so many, so many kids that I work with that I've had so many countless conversations of like, you can't do it. You just can't do it at this level. I mean, if you want to be the best and you want to grow and actually see yourself succeed, like the excuses part has to go. And yeah, the gratitude that stays true and, and same with taking care of the little things. I wouldn't change any of that. I think the, if anything, I would just continue to add to it the things that I've learned now, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of it. Well, it definitely seems like you took all of that into your pro career, like even right after college, like you get drafted in the first round, which by the way, what's, what's draft day like, you know, cause when you look at NFL draft day, it's like this whole production, there's like movies about it, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. But like we've said, it's different, you know, for women's yeah. sports and for softball. So what was that experience like? Um, at the time it was actually still really cool because um, CBS sports network was partnered with the NPF. So they were still getting quite a bit of TV time. Um, but the day of, I guess, draft day, I knew it was draft day, but, um, I mean, at the time in college, you're not allowed to like, you know, talk to these, um, professional, you know, agents and things like that. And, um, uh, I remember we were going to Minneapolis to play the Gophers and, um, we were in the airport during the draft. Well, um, Tatum Edwards was like, um, Hey, let's turn on the TV. Like, let's let's turn on the TV. I think you know whatever the draft is on. Well, I had nothing to. I wasn't really paying much attention. But then all of a sudden, everybody was like, "Oh, let's go buy this one TV." And we're all in the airport huddled around this TV. And then all of a sudden, my name was called, and I'm like, "Oh, this is so real! Like, this is absolutely crazy!" And my teammates are going absolutely crazy. The airport and people in the airport were looking at us like, "What is going on?" And um, I just remember my coaches hugging me and saying congratulations and that I had made it and it was going to be a, a next uh, a journey that was going to be really fun. But it was it was cool because it was unexpected in a way where I was like, I mean, I know I could possibly get drafted. But then when you see yourself on the TV and they're playing your highlight reel and they're doing all this stuff and talking about you, you're like, oh, man, this is real. Like, this is going to be such an exciting time. And it like made me like really, really excited. But I was also still really excited about just finishing my senior year too so it was a little bit of both it was overwhelming I guess is the best way to put it but it was it was so cool like I even see videos now of my teammates will send me like on four years ago on this day teammates will send me like videos of us in the airport just clowning and acting crazy in the airport so it's it's cool to see that and it was it was a really cool thing at the time but since then I know that the draft has gotten less and less of a attention and I hope that they can bring that back because that's a special day for a lot of people, because when you can say that you get to compete at the next level, that's, I mean, not everybody gets to do that. So I, I hope that in the future that they continue to make it a big deal because it's, it's so cool to be able to be around your team and, and be able to hear those words that you're going to the next level in front of everybody. Yeah, that's kind of like best case scenario, other than having like your entire family around you. Family there. Course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wish I know that they they probably weren't watching because I probably didn't even mention that. Hey, the draft's on tonight. Like I, I, I know for a fact I didn't say that my dad found out through like Twitter or something like that. So whoops on my part. But I didn't think I was going to watch it either. I mean, we were getting ready to get on a plane and it just so happened to be that we got delayed. That was really the only reason why we got to watch it, because otherwise I would have missed it. And it would have just been probably news to me on Twitter as well. <laughs> Well, that's why they say everything happens for a reason. Like clearly you were meant to have that moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's so awesome. I love that so much. <laughs> well, and then just the next year you end up winning the NPF championship and literally everybody I've had on this show that has experienced like the NPF level of clay is like, man, it's a grind. It's hard. <laughs> like you're talking about the best people in softball and it's like not a huge group, you know, like it's not like there are so many people even beyond that, that are great at softball, but let alone like the top of the top, you know? Right. Um, what does it take to win at that level? Um, ask Monica Abbott because <laughs> I don't know how she did it in like a hundred degree heat, but like, no, I'm not, I say Monica because she literally had to pitch like back-to-back -back games in that championship series with the pride. And I look back at it and I'm like, how? I don't know how you did it because it was, blazing hot down in Baton Rouge we were in Louisiana and um it just was like it's taxing when you're playing you know every up every every game up until you know the the series and and the championships you're playing double headers all throughout the summer 
and you get about one off day and the off day is probably most of the time it's travel day and then you're back on the field again so it's taxing and it's a lot of work but I mean nonetheless I feel like everybody knows that going in and knows that it's a grind and you just accept it and you're like I get to play softball so it's fun um and it's all I guess how you look look at it I mean you could look at it and be like oh, this is absolutely crazy and why are they doing that on their bodies I mean but we're all age group wise everybody is so different I mean you've got you know your older generation which mixed with the new generation I mean there's a lot of different uh, a lot of different ages but nonetheless like everybody's body is like starting to get to the point of like okay yeah this is a lot this is a lot a lot but again it's fun Monica I, I, I still am like I do not know how that girl did it I don't, <laughs> but she did. I don't know how she does most of what she does, to be fair. I stopped asking questions when she would strike me out millions of times. I just stopped asking questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, like, I feel like at that point, it, it starts to transition from physical to being, like, totally mental, yeah, like, when you're absolutely. that exhausted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a gear that I think she's been able to acquire over time. Like she's been able to like figure out, okay, like, I, yeah, I might have to do this for a bunch of times or I might have to see the same kids over and over again. But like, nonetheless, that's something that I think sets her apart from a lot of the other pitchers that are maybe a little bit younger is that she not, she has that capacity to be able to withstand and just go. Totally. I feel like that's something that transitions to life too I mean everything in softball in my opinion I'm sure you agree (laughs) like everything is so transferable to just dealing with things in life like like even everything that you did with this is us like you and your teammates and your opponents everybody probably some things from softball and just working through adversity helped you guys unite you know like it's cool to see that come to fruition though you know what Mm -hmm. I mean Mm -hmm. And that it, people always say like, and it does sound cliche in the moment, I guess, when people are like, oh, softball is one of those sports where like you learn, you learn about life and you're like, okay, well, how, but in every way possible, it absolutely correlates and you can't fight it. Like it, it absolutely is a sport that you just learn how to be a good person, how to be a player. You, it's like a well-rounded sport. And the community, I think is also what brings that out is like, we have such an embracing community that embraces people that it makes people want to be their authentic selves. So absolutely. I love that. I mean, that's, a, that's a soundbite right there. That's yes. words to live by. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, th- this has been great. I mean, I, I of yeah. course I, I'd talk to you all day long if, if I knew, you know, if I didn't feel bad about taking off your whole <laughs> off day, you know, if I didn't care, basically <laughs> I'd talk to you all day long. I love talking softball. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's like, it's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask too, plans for This Is Us this year and beyond. Like, what, what, are, we, what are we in for to see? Yeah. So right now we're doing a ton of speaking engagements with just whether it be corporations. We've done a few Division Two, Division Three, Division One, different schools, talking to different programs about how you can you know, bring light to empowering and spreading awareness and and having that unity piece. Like we're really um, teaching the next, you know, generation about what This Is Us is about now. And um, as far as playing, um, I know that that's still up in the air as far as the summer with COVID and just trying to make sure things sound, I guess, like logistically okay to like happen. Um, that's something that we definitely are interested in and we definitely are trying to figure out, you know, whether it's playing um, the different Olympic teams um, and and kind of getting them prepared, kind of like a tour type deal where we're just kind of going round robin with them and giving them some games. But we haven't quite figured all that out. Again, I feel like with COVID, you just never know and we don't want to jump the gun, but that's something that we are interested in. And if it doesn't happen this year, definitely in the the, the years to come, we definitely want to continue to play because again it, it's another platform for athletes to be able to to join and and play at the next level so we'll see with that but um really just teaching our message is something that we're really passionate about right now and then we want to also start doing like mentoring and being able to have um whether it just be people from this is us or people from different teams being able to jump on and mentor the next generation and whether it's, you know, just like a Zoom call and kids can ask questions about recruiting, whatever it may be, 
finding outlets, because that was something that we all agreed on that we never really had growing up. We didn't have, you know, the older generation doing things. I mean, I know there's camps and clinics, but like really teaching and, and mentoring the next generation, that's something that we are super interested in. So there's a lot of really fun stuff planned, camps and clinics. Hopefully we can do some this summer. There's a lot of really stuff, uh, fun stuff that's planned here for the next few years, because I know that this is going to be something that's not just a one-stop shop and it's not going to be something that just dies overnight. Um, everybody that was a part of this summer is so passionate and making sure that this, this goes a long way. And it's something that the softball community can have for years to come. So a lot of fun stuff, I guess, a lot of stuff, fun stuff, but we'll see. Time will tell. I think it's awesome though, that when I ask you the question, the first things you talk about aren't even actually softball. softball. Like it's pretty cool. That's actually awesome that that's the case. Of course, I vote yes in terms of you guys playing all the Olympic teams. Like, definitely in for that. If not that my vote means anything, but yeah. I think we, I, and I think the reason why is because we saw how how big of an impact that and how it's how much it's needed for people to learn and to educate themselves. And people are all on board for just learning now. It's like after everything happened this past summer with the racial injustices in the country and all those things, like people are more willing to listen and to learn. And so that's where we were like, okay, we've got a hold of it right now. Like, let's make sure that we continue that, continue that. And if we, if we play softball, great, that'll be a bonus. That'll be awesome to be able to continue to say that, you know, we stayed uh, a player ran organization, but nonetheless, let's take care of, let's take care of our people first. So. hundred percent. That's so cool. And I, I would say the last thing that I'd ask before we do our wrap up is, you know, as someone who's a woman, a person of color, someone who's in an interracial relationship, and I've seen you talk openly about all these things on social media. How do you balance and what advice would you give to other people that may find themselves in those communities as well? Fighting to keep making those things better, like to keep going, but also to maintain that peace within yourself yeah. at the same time. I think the biggest thing is, is talking and listening to people and having conversations that might not always be the most comfortable, but it sounds cliche now at this point, because everybody's saying have hard conversations, have uncomfortable conversations, but it's so true. And you can take yourself out of your comfort zone and really get to know someone else, get to know another background. And not only that, but learn about your own background as well. I think that's important too, is understanding, you know, where you come from and why it is important to speak on your own behalf and not let people speak for you. I think that that's important too. But I also think um, when we put ourselves in situations where we can learn, I think experience is the best, is the best learning because I, learning, um, learning environment, I guess, being able to literally put yourself in an experience where it's like, okay, I've never been in this situation before. I've never been a part of this, but I know I'm going to learn something from it because that's how we all learned this summer was experience. We were all in that locker room and we all saw it firsthand kind of what happened. And then that made everybody else, it changed their viewpoints on some things. And so I think experience is the best way, but um, speaking up for yourself, I think I've always been the type of person that's kind of stayed in the shadows and stayed in the backgrounds until it, it was my turn to talk. But I've learned now more than ever, like people followed what I did because I used my voice because I spoke on my behalf because I didn't stand for something. And people asked me, you know, what did you want to do? That was all my teammates giving me the power of saying, you know, I'm going to empower you here in this moment and you tell me what you want to do and we'll follow. And that to me, I think elevated me to be able to use my own voice and say, Hey, yeah, I can't do it. And then everybody else was like, okay, cool. And being able to see that, I'm like, okay, if I can use my own voice and I can, you know, stand up for what I believe in and say, say the right things, there will be people that follow. And I think it's something that takes time because I don't think that I learned that overnight. Just, hey, yeah, say this. I think it's something that has gradually become a part of me. And I think being Black is one thing, too. Uh, you're raised, you're all, all Black people can say this. Um you're ra raised with always having to keep your head on the swivel and always making sure that you were saying the right thing because someone's always watching, someone's always listening. And I think that now that now, now more than ever, that stands true. And I've got to be able to be uncomfortable and say things that might make someone else uncomfortable. And just because it doesn't fit their agenda doesn't mean that what I, what I said to them wasn't right. And I think that now more than ever, I've, 
I've learned that and I've started using my voice more and I think I am more comfortable in, in telling people and, and teaching people too. I think that's probably something that I've grown to just like love is like when people ask questions, like they want answers. And if they look to you for those answers, it's awesome. So using your voice is, is huge. And, and even being in an interracial relationship, me and Sean all the time, we are always having conversations and I'm like, well, what do you think about this? And well, he's like, well, what do you think about this? And it's, it's just so fun. Cause I'm like, we're both learning and we don't even really realize it in the moment, but we're both learning. So. That's awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you allowing me to give you this platform to continue to use your voice. You're already doing it so much, but I mean, thank you for, for joining so that this could continue to help amplify in a yeah. way what you're, what you're already doing. Thank you. I mean, this is awesome. I love podcasts. I think they're so much fun because it's like people are genuinely trying to figure out, you know, let me get to know this person a little bit. Let me talk right. to them and ask those questions and questions that some people just are too afraid to ask. So it's really cool to be able to bring that to life because it, it does. People are so into podcasts right now, too. So everybody, I feel like, is listening and it's, it's really cool to be able to just conversate and have good conversations. Obviously, I agree. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you you for having me. I appreciate it for real. Of course. And I'll just do one quick game that I do with everyone that comes on the show to wrap up. It's just a fun, lighthearted thing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called Safer Out. So I'll bring up a a topic. And if you like it, you agree with it, you call it safe. If not, you don't like it, you call it out. Does that make sense? Uh (laughs) Okay. So first one is eye black. Safer out. Safe. I feel like I've seen you wear it a bunch. Yeah, if I, I remember right. black quite a bit. <laughs> Are you, do you do eye black like with a visor or just one or the, you know, just eye black? Uh, both sometimes, sometimes not. I guess it just depends on if I, if I have my visor that day, if I didn't forget it. <laughs> True. Good point. <laughs> that helps. Okay. Safe. All right. And I, I asked this to a lot of people because it's kind of a loaded question, but I got to know. Bat flips. Safer. Safe. Safe. Absolutely safe. So safe. I I think that it is the coolest thing because I'm like, okay, why is this all? Why is there this two sided standard that only boys can do it? Like, I'm tired of that. Like, girls and uh, the bat flips that I've been seeing this year, I'm like, oh my god, they give me so much life. They just and I don't feel like it's disrespectful. It's just us having fun with the game. That's what it should be. And now there are certain moments where I'm like, okay, maybe that was a little bit much, but who cares? Like. You, if you know what I mean, if it was a big moment and you got excited and you showed your emotions, it's safe with me. I, I like that angle of like, well, we can do, you know, guys are going to do it. Like, Hey, yeah. I like that. I hadn't thought of it that way specifically. Like, mm-hmm. and I, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It does. Like when All guys right. do it, we don't question it. It's just like, oh, okay, they did that. But a girl doesn't say, like, oh my God. Yeah. It's right. Safe with me. Like we should stop telling, like one thing we need to do just as a society is stop telling women like, oh, that's too much or, oh, that's too little. Like, just let mm-hmm. us be. I feel right. that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, awesome. Couple of safe. So there you go. Got a couple runners on. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. This was awesome. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. If you need anything else, just let me know. Love it. It was great finally getting to connect with Kiki. We had been in touch for a while and we finally got to do this. So I was so excited. And I, I just love getting to know people who've tapped into the game in multiple ways. You know, she's a player, a coach, an activist, just so many different things. And the perspective that you get from all of those experiences to me is so interesting. And hearing about hers was really cool. And I mean, I love hosting this show because I love the game. I love strong women. I love content creation. And I want to grow all of those things but I also love to learn. So on that note, let's transition into the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about self-improvement, specifically the idea that self-improvement is not selling out. Maybe it's just me, but I wrestled with this when I was younger. Authenticity is really important to me. And people always say, you know, be yourself. So does that mean that if you change at all, that you're not authentic, that you're not staying true to yourself? Like, I didn't want to change because of other people or other forces, because if I did, I felt like that would be selling out. But over time, I realized that that's not the case. Like, that's not the way to look at it. There's a difference between 
trying to change who you are and becoming a better version of yourself. You know, if you change who you are, you're not yourself. So that's obviously exhausting. But if you become a better version of yourself, you're still you at the core. You've just grown. So maybe really growth is also a better and more applicable word than change. You know, they say people don't change and maybe that's true, but I think people do grow if they want to. That's how growth happens. It starts with the person, you as an individual, being open to it. So I still think authenticity is super important, but to be yourself, you have to know yourself too. So for example, as a player, let's say you have a lot of speed, but you're not much of a power hitter. Okay. You don't need to spend all of your time trying to hit home runs, hit those singles and steal bases, like do what you do, your strengths, but you can still hit the weight room and get stronger while you're at it. And even if you're not dropping bombs everywhere because of it, maybe you're hitting more doubles and more triples. Like you can still get better and still be true to your game. It's just recognizing your strengths and where you can improve. But here's the kicker too. It's okay to not have all of the answers and to admit that you don't have all the answers. None of us know everything. So just keep asking questions and always trying to learn. Being open and honest about the fact that you're actually still trying to figure it out. Honestly, that in itself is one of the most authentic things you can do. And I think it can help make you and everyone around you better. So that's it. Self-improvement is not selling out. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. You can also watch the videos on YouTube. So cool. So hit that subscribe button, rate the show, write a review, share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball, B-L-E-A-V. As always, you can reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera2. Thank you for tuning in and catch you soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.